welcome to the first episode of the We Speak Cinema podcast. We're your hosts, JP and Christina. And Christina, how's your how's your week this week? Pretty good. Um, rather draining, I have to say. A lot. I mean, not a lot going on. Just I feel very burnt out lately. Mm-hmm. I don't even. Oh, what about you? How's your week been going? It. I agree. Very emotionally burnt out. But you are at the beach right now, correct? I am. All right. So it's been like really like freezing cold down here. It has. And now I'm starting to ask myself why I, why I am down here. Because mm-hmm. um, I tried to, uh, we tried to sit on the beach this morning. It was very windy. It was very cold. Um, everyone was bundled up in like hoodies and sweatpants. And I made the dumb decision to wear shorts. So I was freezing cold, and I was trying to read. Everything was going away. There were some kids throwing a temper tantrum. It was just not very fun. So we left after like five minutes. But then we went to we went shopping, and I that was fun. I guess I don't because mm-hmm. um, I feel like it, 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 we didn't ease into the fall weather. It just hit. <laughs> it was at first in like a couple weeks ago. It was ninety ish degrees, and then all of a sudden. The lows I've checked are in the 40s. I'm, why? It's How? so windy, too. Like, maybe if it wasn't it's as windy, windy, I wouldn't notice it. But, like, there's such strong wind coming through all the time. Yeah. It, like, today at the beach, it was, I had checked the weather. It said it was 60 degrees. But with the wind, it felt like, it felt like 30 degrees. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So... Are you looking forward to the upcoming season of fall? Usually, I would. I would be because fall is my favorite season. But this year, I don't know. It could snow. There could be a hurricane because apparently there's a hurricane coming. I have no idea. I, I'm more anxious than excited, I should say. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel about fall this year because normally it's like back to school and then you get the sense of fall starting but this year we're like back to school but we're not back to school like we're sitting we're sitting on zoom calls in our bedroom so like and also like the main draw or the main draw for fall like looking forward to it is halloween which i don't know if that's even going to be a thing like i know people might still celebrate it but it's not going to be i don't think it'll be nearly as big there will be probably some hangouts or something. I don't. There will be people who will try to trick or treat. Mm-hmm. People who are not very smart. <laughs> but there will be attempts, but it won't work out. And it's just this year, I had to keep reminding myself. Like I was going to say, like for film news, I was going to say, like, oh, um, it was announced that they started recording the live action Hunchback of Notre Dame. And I realized that news was from February. I was like, wait a minute, it's September. That was like eight months ago. How? I know. Pandemic time is throwing me off. Because is it just me or do you go into, I don't want to say loopholes, but do you find like a YouTube video that you become emotionally attached to for like a week and a half and you just keep continually rewatching it? And then if it's like a new video and you you don't notice that it's new. So I checked, there's this video that I've been watching like constantly nonstop every time that I have like a break. 
or that I had like free time throughout the day. And it was posted four days ago. And I swear I've been watching that video for two months. I just, the concept of time throughout the pandemic has been very odd. I, the days feel so long yet so short. Like this week for me felt pretty short, mm-hmm. which is odd. Like there'll be longer weeks and then two, four weeks have gone past and it feels like two weeks. Or two days just went by. So you're saying the days feel short, but the weeks feel long? Because that's kind of how I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. I just... Last year, in the before times, as many have referred to it as, I I mean, like, I had gotten... Time did feel weird, but just... When we had to quarantine, everything just kind of flipped and... It feels as many as also as many have said before. It feels like I'm reliving the same day since March. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but so what have you been doing? Of course, besides watching movies, which we will get to in a little bit. Um, what have you been doing to kind of keep occupied during this troubling time? Well, I started quarantine with the mindset of this is going to be a long vacation. I should have time to relax and do what I want because school's in limbo. The whole school situation is in limbo right now. So I just, for the first couple of weeks, I just sort of sat around and do what I do when I have off time from school or work or whatever. And then I was like, oh shoot, this is going to be longer than I thought it would be. So I had to get into a routine and then I went into working out, doing hobbies that I enjoyed, and then stopping, and then doing that again. And then I've been trying to get into a routine for school. It hasn't been working out perfectly, but I'm just, because school is so odd now that it's online, it feels like I don't have to do it just because it's online. Like, there's no real obligation, but there is one. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of throwing me off. It's so difficult to remain productive in the pandemic. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's like, because I don't have, I just have like a workspace in my bedroom. So does it, doesn't, this might just be me, but I think it might be a universal thing. And it probably is that like when you're working in the same room that you sleep in, like it just throws you off so much that you're in your bedroom mindset, but you're at school. Yeah, exactly. It's, I just, like, I'm right next to my bed, and I'm like, I could totally just, like, move over, like, get off the Zoom and just sit down. It's like, I don't, I feel, I don't know. It's just so odd to describe just Mm -hmm. working and chilling in the same room. It's weird for me, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, And from what I can recall... We went to the same school, by the way, at least before quarantine started, for those, for those of you that didn't know. But uh, um, they kind of made it sound like, I guess everybody did this, but they made it sound like it was only going to be like maybe two weeks. Yeah, like when um, we had to go home and everyone was like, oh, see you Monday. And I was thinking, oh, maybe two weeks at the most. Well, it's September and we're in a totally different school. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to... I didn't want to leave school at all because like 
I just didn't want to do it because it, it was not that I was necessarily enjoying it, but it's because um, there was so much coming up in terms of like what the school was offering um, yeah. that I'm not going to get like that into. But um, like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get out of school so bad. So I ignored every red flag possible because I think that like all the major league sports teams uh, had already canceled like their entire season. And we were still convinced that we were going to be in school. Yeah, and for some reason, even when we started quarantine and our school was still toying with the idea that we could possibly go back while that school year was still going on, they were like, oh, we'd go back by May, and then we'll go back by June, like the last week of school. (laughs) I'm thinking at this point, I'm thinking like December, or no, January. Yeah, probably like I just we're just gonna have to wait and see just kind of buckle up and just kind of wait until whatever happens happens mm-hmm. um, um well on that note do you have any good transitions to the film that we will be talking about today um I so um <laughs> the film we will be reviewing for our first episode is Uncut Gems I thought you were going to, like, relate <laughs> Oh, my coronavirus. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, God, I, I'm... I'm I... sorry, but that was just underwhelming. <laughs> I mean, there isn't really a way that you can connect it, so I was kind of putting you on the spot to see how you did. <laughs> I don't know. I was just, like, hybrid school. <laughs> Speaking of hybrid school, did you know that Adam Sandler did this? Um, Okay, so with that, on that note, uh, shall we start discussing our movie? Yes, and I apologize to you guys that are listening if um, the audio quality is a little messed up for both of us because this is our first episode. Also, if the um, like structure of it seems a little weird to you, we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, Uh, just that (laughs) we should put out. We should put out that disclaimer before we begin, even though we've already began. All right, so starting off, a quick synopsis of the film. A charismatic jeweler makes a high-stakes bet that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. In a precarious high-wire act, he must balance business, family, and adversaries on all sides in pursuit of the ultimate win. Pretty good description, I would say. Do you concur? I so I have. I'm very interested to see what you thought of it because I think that we kind of have I feel like we kind of have the same mind like the way that yeah. we see or the way that we like I guess um media but I'm very interested to see what you think of it wow it's a lot I have <laughs> to say it is a lot this is the second A24 movie that I've seen and I just their cinematography their direction choices it's all still kind of foreign to me but it's just so interesting it is so (laughs) interesting um but yeah this movie is a lot and Yeah. (laughs) yeah I think the reason that it's such a lot is because the point of the 
film is to kind of put you in the in the place of Adam Sandler's character. Like you're in his head the whole movie. And yeah. it kind of um is like you notice all the moments from like the editing and the sound when everything like starts to pile up. And then because you're in the headspace of Adam Sandler's character, you start to feel stressed out. Which yeah. and then in the end, which I'm not gonna spoil, when you finally see Adam Sandler like um get, you know, he finally has like a big happy moment for his character, but then it just right after that reminds you, oh, this is not a person that you should have been rooting for. Yeah. But like the whole yeah. film, it sets you up that you're supposed to do that. I had to constantly remind myself that this was fake. This was mm -hmm. acting. This is a movie. This is a fictional premise. A fictional story, not a fictional premise. It could mm -hmm. happen, I guess. I don't... Because um, I genuinely got stressed out. I felt like I was this character. It was... <laughs> it, was it really is a 4D experience. Although, no, that's not an accurate way to describe it, but it's so, it does such a great job of creating a consistent tone. And yeah. like I said, with the editing choices and um, uh, like where the cuts come in is just so, I think, brilliant in how the film chooses to tell its story. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The, I, um, this is one of the few like reviews I had seen of the movie. It just, it was a tweet that said, this movie is an experience. I'd never watch it again, not because it was bad per se, but because of what it put me through. And I, after watching, I'm like, oh, I understand now. Mm -hmm. It is a literal experience. Yeah. It's one of those films that it's difficult to form your opinion on it until you've let it sit with you for a while, which I yeah. wish I had known going into watching it. Yeah, like, Going into watching it, I didn't know what to expect, in all honesty. I had seen the trailer, and I had known that the common consensus was, this movie is good. I didn't know what was really going to happen, because the trailer was a little vague, or from what I can mm -hmm. remember. And I didn't even know how it was going to... Like, I remember I was, like, a little more than halfway through the movie, and I was like, I don't know how this is going to end. And... <laughs> Well, I can't say. It did. Was... It is a movie that ended. I yes. will tell you that. It has a beginning and an end. <laughs> it has a rising action and a falling action. It has a climax in between, too. Um, so, or but I would kind of say, in a way, that the end sequence is the climax. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yeah I could say that. Too. Have yeah, you ever could... seen Whiplash? I have not seen Whiplash, but it is on my list. Yeah, it reminds me of that, if you guys, if anybody has seen the movie. And, um, okay, so I'm just going to put this out here before we go any further. We, I guess, intend for, if you're listening to this, we expect you, we don't expect you, but um, to avoid spoilers, because it's going to be very difficult to go forward without talking about spoilers, I think. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. yeah. So... If you want to avoid spoilers, click off. Or we don't yeah, we won't have please. a timestamp. Maybe we'll have a timestamp. I don't know. This is all new to us. 
So it's before we keep be going, very, very we'll try to avoid spoilers, but it's going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. We might slip, but mm-hmm. um, all right. So yeah. spoilers ahead. We probably should have said that before, <laughs> yeah. but, but they are coming. <laughs> um, yeah. So at the end of the film, um, something happens to Adam Sandler's character um, that you might come across as kind of shocking. Yeah. Oh, no, it will come across as shocking. Yes. <laughs> so I just kind of want to know, like, what was going through your head during that scene? Well, I had preceding the shocking event was a very good things were happening to him. <laughs> and I had noticed a pattern in the movie, like you said, when good things happen to Howard, Really bad things have really bad things always come after, and mm-hmm. this thing that happens before the shocking moment was very good, I should say. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh god, like what's gonna happen? Like, something <laughs> is the earth gonna explode or something? It doesn't, but mm-hmm. or maybe it doesn't. I you'll have to see. <laughs> so, my the thing about the ending is that it really comes out of left field and it's not even in the sense where like the whole film all of these keep stuff keeps getting worse and worse and worse for him but he's like he acknowledges but he just keeps digging deeper and then so when this big event happened or this big occurrence happened to Howard uh, I'm gonna refer to him as Adam Sandler though because we didn't go through like a cast uh who was in the film before which we probably should have done so we'll have to take notes for the next episode but i was like kind of confused on if they were trying to make a point about anything with that scene and to the consent the consensus that i've come with come up come to for that scene is that it kind of just was showing that like that Adam Sandler's character was, he did a lot of stuff that were morally wrong and he acknowledged, he knew that it was morally wrong, but he just kept going deeper. So it was kind of like, it kind of was like, what would happen if you did that? Or like kind of, I don't know. I'm still kind of confused about it. Yeah, this, I feel like I didn't get everything like I didn't soak in all the details which I think is also the point mm-hmm. and I might I probably am going to rewatch this movie at some point just to kind of like oh I didn't realize that um, mm-hmm. but, um just kind mm-hmm. of sidetracking a bit I just need to take time to appreciate Adam Sandler's performance like it where did that come so from so good how where the same, I had to, I was like, uh, at one point in the movie, I was like, oh, wait, this is Adam Sandler. This mm-hmm. is the same guy who was in Jack and Jill in Six And it's like, <laughs> I think Adam Sandler's performance goes like hand in hand with what the Safdies, who are the directors, were trying to accomplish. Because yeah. Adam Sandler disappears into his character. And because of mm-hmm. that, you're able to take on Adam Sandler's character because of what the film is doing and going for. Like, I couldn't see any other actor in this role. Mm-hmm. Apparently they wanted Jonah Hill 
he was the first choice. But then Adam Sandler, they went with Adam Sandler. But I don't think anybody could have done it as well as Adam Sandler. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I did like... I did like the supporting performances. I thought that they were all, um, I thought they were all good, but I think the main focus was really on Adam. Yeah. Did you expect his performance to be as good as it was? I expected it to be, because everybody knows Adam Sandler. Everybody has seen an Adam Sandler movie and has a kind of preconceived idea of what he will be like in every movie that he does. So I expected him, or I guess what I expected of the movie is that it was going to have like kind of a comedic edge to it and that he would embrace that more than the dramatic stuff. Because um, I don't think that this was necessarily like a career like, I don't think it totally changed the tra- trajectory of his career because he has yeah. done some dramatic work before this. But I expected him to kind of like, at least from the way that the movie was advertised, that kind of the screenplay and the overall tone of the movie would have some comedic edge, which it does to some yeah. extent, but not. Yeah. It's a very, very dramatic uh, film. So, yeah. but he, he, there is a comedic side to the character, but it doesn't that's not who the character is. And I feel like Adam Sandler really just embraced the grittier side of the character, I guess, and kind of just showed the character for what it was, which I think was, and it was just such a good performance. Yeah, I just, I did not, because like you said, he had been in dramatic work before, none of which I had seen. So I was like, just, blown away and he really helped embrace like something I noticed just the how natural the dialogue was the rawness of the dialogue like there were people people talking over each other like it wasn't like this person says this thing wait mm-hmm. two beats and then another person says another thing I was it was a little mm-hmm. hard to get used to because I'm but yeah he really helped with the naturalness of the dialogue. Yeah, because I think that the film, or the screenplay at its core, is chaos. And every single choice, and I know I keep bringing up the editing, but the editing was so good. Oh my gosh. Every single editing choice, and every single, like, when the lines would come in, again with the sound, the sound was also so good. Um, It just created this chaos and it didn't stray away from it at all which i think is really because there are some sequences in this film that i think are just perfect yeah like do you you know what i'm talking about right like there are certain like three to ten minute like sequences throughout where they like suck you in and you cannot be pulled out of them and i think it's because the film doesn't stray away from the chaos and instead embraces it and creates yeah. its entire tone based off of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. What scenes, in spe- like specifically, without spoiling, would you say really embrace? There is one scene um, where 
it's basically just a bunch of characters, pretty much almost all the characters that um, that have been introduced thus far. Not all of them, but most of them. And they're all in Adam Sandler's showroom. Isn't that what they call it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all in his showroom. And then um, it's people from all these different, not walks of life, but people that Adam Sandler has like scammed and just he's done them dirty, but they've also are doing him dirty. And it's just like, again, the chaos oh, is just going on. Stress, um, a lot of stress. <laughs> Yes. So um, people just keep on coming into his showroom and he's like trying to deal with all them and then he'll have his attention, but you know that he's not really into it because he doesn't really feel that much remorse for what he's doing. He's a very egocentric character. Um, And so all these people just come in and the buzz of the door. Oh my God. The buzz of the door. Okay. (laughs) The buzz. Adam Sandler, or the showroom, has this door that's, like, bulletproof glass, and um, he needs his, like, assistant to, like, get him, get the guests to come into the room by, like, buzzing them in. And the buzz, every time it came in, in this sequence, I, I feel like my, my heart just dropped. Like, it was... Because you know that everything is going bad for him. Yeah. And it just keeps piling up and piling up and piling up. But Adam Sandler does not feel any remorse at all. I just like, And he just keeps moving on to the next person. And so it's, again... You have no pity, man. (laughs) And I know I keep on bringing up the idea of chaos, but chaos is what the movie is. Like, that's exactly what it is. The message of the movie, just pure chaos in its Mm -hmm. purest form. Mm-hmm. That makes that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you mean by that? It's just there were no moments. There were very little moments, I should say. Mm-hmm. Actually, now that I think about it, even the moments that like let you take a bit of a breath from all the stress from the main plot, there was still that tension. You were still mm-hmm. aware something is going to go wrong, either in the next scene or maybe in a couple of minutes. There was just this underlying chaos, even in the moment, even in the scenes when you're supposed to breathe. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that the movie has really any subtle moments. And I mean this in the best way possible. Because you would expect that one scene that Adam Sandler has with Adina Menzel at the is it passover yeah yeah so they are at this like family passover party and um i don't want to get too much into spoilers but um adam sandler has not been treating adina menzel very well and (laughs) up to this point and so it's kind of supposed to be like oh adam sandler is kind of coming to this apology or is um no, apologizing to her, but, you know, Adina Menzel knows that it's not real, and the audience knows that it's not real, and even Adam Sandler knows that it's it's not genuine at all. He's just saying it yeah. because it's um, what he thinks that his, that Adina Menzel wants to hear. And so I think that it is 
kind of more of a subtle moment, but the overall like kind of Adina Menzel and how she reacts to him kind of just contributes to the sense of chaos where it is more, it is one of the scenes that's more subtle and conversation. Well, actually all the scenes are pretty much conversation based, but one of the more subtle conversations that comes up in the film and, but you know, from the way that it's set up, it just continues the chaos, even though it is kind of like a breather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Indina Menzel was amazing, even though her character was, mm-hmm. she didn't have a ton of dialogue. Um, she wasn't in a ton of scenes. She still was really good. I have to say mm-hmm. her performance was probably one of the best. Mm-hmm. I also really liked... Um, Lakeith Stanfield in this movie. He played. Yeah. I don't remember his character's name. Hold on. Let me search. I'm looking at the cast right now. Um, Damani. Damani. Yeah. Um. He also had a really good uh, performance. I think that Adina Menzel and Lakeith Stanfield, their performances are both so good, but they never get um really the spotlight because it's Adam Sandler's movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And this. Okay, this may just be me, but have you ever seen Adina Menzel as, like, a mainstream actress? Because I've always seen her as a mainstream celebrity, but a theater yeah. actress. Yeah, I've, I've seen her in a few movies. Not that She was many, in that Disney I... movie with Amy Adams. Yeah, I remember Enchanted? seeing that. Is that what yeah. it's called? Um, <laughs> yeah, she yeah. was in that, and that's the only, like, major film role I've seen her have besides uh, yeah, the Frozen exactly. movies which is what she's become like known for yeah like I, I saw her as Indina Menzel the Broadway actress not mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. but you see her as like because of the s- success that she's achieved because of the Frozen movies you see her as a mainstream celebrity and singer but not an actress yeah, yeah. Like, I don't see her as an actress first. I see her as a performer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it didn't shock me in the way that Adam Sandler's performance did, but, um, and I think this is uh, because I was, like, I mean, Adina Menzel didn't have an image that she needed to shed, and Adam Sandler did. Um, And she also doesn't have as much screen time. So it wasn't, like, up to that. At least for me. Gotta catch my breath. (laughs) There's a lot. I could keep trying to dig into this movie, but I'd only crack the surface. There's so much, and I cannot wait to watch all of the analysis videos. (laughs) What did I miss? What does this, what does this thing symbolize? Um, meaning behind the cinematography. Also, the cin- the cinematography just mm, mm-hmm. beautiful. All of the co- this sounds very odd, but the colors of the movie or the color palette. It had this very specific color palette. Mm-hmm. This very specific aesthetic, mm-hmm. um, if you will. Yeah, I I did really like the color palette as well. Um, it, but it kind of seemed to me like, um, it, I I know I keep bringing up the editing, but the editing knew what it needed to do and it got it done. <laughs> and then 
the color palette was just kind of like sidelined to that. Yeah, it That's really is like, more so like another ingredient mm-hmm. in the big picture. Um, yeah. I had something that I wanted to bring up, but it's like, oh yes, I think that you could kind of interpret the film in a bunch of different ways and you know what symbolizes what the only real um symbolism that i was like oh it means this was the gems or the gem um because it's kind of like you know what people are striving for like success i think in the terms of story it's success and wealth and prosperity um so that was the only one that i could like confidently pick up on as well as I think that the opening in Ethiopia was like kind of saying something about like the business, kind of the way that business controls the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that opening scene, I kind of forgot about it, but I was like looking back, it was placed as the first, it was chosen as the first scene specifically. It is definitely there for a reason. There, like mm-hmm. you said, there has to be, there is some um, underlying message. I will say the one part I disliked about the movie is the score. Mm. It seemed a little kind of distant from the rest of the, um, the film, and I liked the way that it was used in some scenes, yeah. but Overall, it kind of seemed like it was its own entity. Yeah, like, I, I feel like it... if I were to pull it up on, like, Spotify or something, and listen to it, I would love it. But, like, in the context of the film, I'm not that crazy about it. Like, I sort of... some Usually, when I'm watching a movie, certain bits of the score will... I'll remember them. I didn't really remember anything anything from mm-hmm. the score except for the for, for the weekend his song i wanted like to talk thing. to you okay we can save that for later because i have a lot of questions about the weekend. oh my god <laughs> the weekend oh my god i have so much to say but we'll get to that well we don't have time to unpack all of that <laughs> um but that like you said the score yeah i would agree it was probably the weakest like the weakest like and it's not even that i thought it was a bad score i do think that in some scenes um it like was well used like that one scene when adam sandler is walking down the street and it's like i don't remember how the score went (laughs) but i can recall it sounded a little something like that um but i don't think it added really to the tension at all yeah, it was, when it was used me, in those types of scenes. Yeah, the tension was really created by the editing and the dialogue for me. Mm-hmm. And the sound, too. Yeah. Like the sound design. The buzz. The buzz. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to <laughs> The weekend. Oh, yeah. I have I can find on the so many questions about The weekend. First of all, does he make <laughs> everybody who works around him refer to him as the weekend? Because yeah, in like... the film, there's a scene where Julia, um, a character, uh, goes off with the weekend to 
um, a different room. And then Adam Sandler asks where she's where she went, and the guy's like, "Oh yeah, I saw her go with the weekend." <laughs> does he make the people? <laughs> does he make the people that know him call him the weekend? Also, what is his real name? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look that up right now. Hold on. Hold on. Also, just to say, I did not expect to see Adam Sandler beating up the weekend, beating, <laughs> lunging after the weekend. That was something I did not expect to see. Hold on. I, this is... Because, <laughs> like, when this movie takes place in 2012, the weekend... Oh, my God. The weekend was still... Um, he was, like, indie at that point. Art. Yeah. So... You he people wouldn't be calling him the weekend all the time like they do. His name is Abel McConan Tesvay. Tesvay. I apologies if I pronounced that incorrectly. Sorry if you're listening to this the weekend. <laughs> We're yeah, big fans. I'm sorry. I actually do like the weekend as yeah. an artist. But why was he just referred to as the weekend? I mean, <laughs> I guess it makes sense if you're watching if you're watching the film and you don't know who The Weeknd is. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it makes more sense that he's just The Weeknd in, um, in the movie. I also had the subtitles on while I was watching it. And every time that The Weeknd spelled weekend popped up, I don't know, it just, it kind of took me out for a little bit. The weekend. I have. Um, I wrote it. I wrote this quote down in my notes for no particular reason. I just thought it was funny. It was. I don't have it with me right now, but I can sort of remember. It was in the opening scene when Julia was like, "Oh, he's 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 gonna be big. He's Canadian." I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> Is that an illusion to something? <laughs> oh yeah, Julia. because the weekend is introduced early on in the film. I thought he was I forgot about like that. Some, like, I thought he was just going to be some kind of, like, like, he would be mentioned. I didn't expect to, like, he'd be in the, like, he'd actually be in the film. Yeah, and they didn't turn on his black light. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was the point of that? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't want to say that The weekend took me out of it, <laughs> but The weekend had lines in the movie as The weekend. Yeah. The weekend was playing himself and was like actually a character. Not a very important well, I guess he was important in the one scene that he was in. Um he's uh pretty important in that in I guess uh, moving the plot along in terms of Julia's storyline in the film. But yeah. the weekend Oh my god, he's just Mm-hmm. And was, it's not even, um, I don't even know if I can say that his performance was bad, because I yeah. can't speak to his performance because I didn't see it as a performance. Yeah. I just thought, oh, the weekend is here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, the weekend. I don't, I have to say, I didn't not, I, he wasn't like, I hate him. I don't like his, I specifically do not like his performance. I think he was good. I think he was fine. It was just a little odd. It was like the one piece, like one of the like characters that just didn't really stick that well. But, he was but you would agree, yeah, you would agree you can't speak to his performance because he was just playing himself 
talking as himself for a split yeah. second in the movie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just you just were up and gone for a second. Um. All right. So, um, is there anything else about uh the film that you wanted to talk about? Had you seen prior to seeing this? Had you watched any, or had you read or watched any reviews or critiques? Did you know what to expect? I knew that it was like very critically acclaimed, but I didn't know what to expect. Not, and I'm not saying that this is all because of Adam Sandler, because I did hear that he gave like a great performance in it before I had seen the movie. But like, you kind of expected it to be, uh, I think, more comedic. I expected it to be more comedic than it was. Not that it wasn't comedic, but it is very much a psychological thriller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would argue the same thing. Um, I, going into it, I had, like I said, I saw that one tweet. I knew people liked it. From the trailer, I thought it was going to explore, like, at first with, like, even, like, starting, starting in the beginning, when I was watching the beginning of the movie, I was like, are they going to explore his family dynamic? I thought they would explore that a bit more, which they didn't need to, Mm -hmm. I guess, looking back Because they sidelined the family because it made sense. Adam Sandler. Play when the gold coins when the gold coins spilled out of her mouth. Um, um, poor Marcel. She really did deserve better. Um, I don't know why I remember her name, but not the other two kids. Um, it was Eddie and the other one. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I don't know why. But it made sense because Adam Sandler's character sidelined his own family. That was a part of the way that he lived. His family was yeah. was didn't ha- hold any importance to him compared to his the rest of his life, which seems sad, but the film again just pre- presents Adam Sandler's character as it is. And the whole movie is Adam Sandler's yeah. character. Exactly. Like there was no need really mm-hmm. explore any of the other characters mm-hmm. the focal point was on him yeah which really but, aided in getting him into his head seeing the yeah. world as he sees it but from what i recall adina menzel was featured pretty prominently in the promotional material not unlike the posters or anything because yeah, that's, that's i think the poster is just adam sandler with a bloody nose like and a black screen, it's black and white, which I guess probably should have given me more of an idea that it was a psychological thriller. <laughs> um, but from like the trailers, from what I can recall, because I feel like this movie, and this is a pandemic time again, I feel like this movie was just in theaters. Exactly. Yeah. I remember, I remember when people started talking about it. God, that feels like mm-hmm. this movie came out when did, um... I think it was like early December when it got its wide oh, release. It's going to be, well, it's not going to be quite a year. Still a couple, like... We're pushing a year. In, like, two and a half months, yeah. um, it will be a year. But, um, Adina Menzel was featured pretty 
prominently in the promotional material, at least from what I can remember. I didn't watch a trailer before I sat down and watched it. And I honestly think because she doesn't have a big role in the film. So I think that it was just kind of like because of her name recognition. Not that Adam Sandler didn't have name recognition, but I don't know. It just seemed kind of odd to me because of how little we actually see her character in the film. Do you think that her character could have been cut? I don't think it could have been cut because it kind of, to viewers, kind of represents kind of what Howard's life should be, what every person's life should be. They should prioritize family and, you know, really care about uh, the best for them. And it's not that Adam Sandler doesn't... (laughs) Howard doesn't care about his family. I almost said that Adam Sandler doesn't care about his family and I didn't want to insult the Sandler fan. Um, But um, he doesn't prioritize them in the sense that he prioritizes his love life and his work life and, you know, making all this money. So I think she kind of needed to be there for kind of the audience's view of what is morally right. I think that's kind of like why the whole family dynamic was explored, at least in some, to some extent. But I don't think that she should have been cut. And I do think that the relationship between the two characters was um, a very interesting one, even if it's not given the spotlight that often, which again makes sense because you are in Howard's head. This is Howard's life. They're showing you Howard's life as it is. Yeah. Like, like you said, she's still, in Gina Manzel's character, she had a, did she have a, she had a name, what was her name? Dinah? Di- Dina? Diana? Diana? Hold on. Yeah. Let, <laughs> let me check. Um, okay, I have it pulled up on the weekend. Um, <laughs> Dinah, yeah. Dinah. So, her character, yes. Basically, yeah, um, even though it was given, she was given little screen time and she didn't get development, which makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. she doesn't need to. It's focusing on Adam Sandler. I still understood her and Adam Sandler's dynamic and their relationship and its complexities from her little amount, from that little amount of interaction that they got. Yeah. And I think that it was both of the performances, too, that really elevated it. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that Adina Menzel, at least in... Because she wasn't the standout performance. I think that was easily... I would say um, Adam Sandler and then probably the actress who played Julia. She was really good. Yeah. She was in the film quite a lot. But Adina Menzel was able to hold her own as an actress, uh, like, with Adam Sandler. And I think that yeah. there the performances from each of them um, really added to the dynamic. And, you know, it didn't need to be explored in the film, but I think that through what the actors were communicating to each other, um, and this isn't like a marriage story, like situation where it's just like, oh, little glances and they've been together all this time. It's, you know, that they've been together all this time and that the sense of love in their life is completely lost. And so they can't get through to one another but they're and they're just kind of stuck in this situation and even though they do have like 
kind of happy a happy moment scattered throughout the film it represents it shows their relationship as rocky and it doesn't stray away from that yeah it shows and it like it is because how it sh- how they show it is what it is there's nothing more to it they can't really stand each other but they're trying to get through to one another yeah and it's also kind of shown through how much time julia is on screen and how much and Dina Menzel is on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, they more so prioritize Julia. And you can see Adam Sandler, they obviously have more romantic involvement. They get along better. Adding on, we're in Howard's head. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it as he sees it. Mm-hmm. And Julia played a more important part, a more important role in his life than Adina Menzel did. Yeah. All right, well, we've talked about it pretty at length, I think. So before we get to a score, is there any final thoughts you had? Um, Final thoughts-wise, would I watch this movie again? Probably, but just for the sole purpose of noticing more of the little details and gaining information that I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like you wouldn't you? watch it, I wouldn't choose to put it on. But I yeah. will watch it again. Because yeah. it's, I mean, it's obviously not a comfort movie. I'm not going to watch no. it like on a school night just to kind of boost my serotonin. I'm... <laughs> I look forward to watching it again, but I don't think I need to prioritize it. I want it to sit in my head for a little a little while longer, at least yeah. two or three months, and then I'll think about rewatching it. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, what would you give Uncut Gems out of five? I when I watched it was going more of a four, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, I've gotten to uh, think about it for some time now, um, kind of at least over 24 hours. And I think I'm going to bump it up to a 4.5. Okay. Yeah. And what about you? What would you give it? I personally would give it a solid, like a solid four out of five for me. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess that's what the score is. And you are going to have to take our opinions very literally because everything we say is the truth. So. (laughs) All right. So that was, that concludes our first episode of We Speak Cinema. I hope you yes. all enjoyed it. This was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But before we go, Christina, I just wanted to ask you, um, what is a movie that you would recommend that you feel like anybody could watch? Because I feel like Uncut Gems is just so not that. Yeah. Like, like I totally can't see everybody this movie cannot appeal to everybody not that i think it's it's divisive because a lot of people that have seen it at least 
from what I've gathered from the critical census, it's like very loved across the board, but Mm -hmm. it's not an audience movie. You can't, you have to think about it after you watch it. Yeah. So I was just wondering like, what would, what movie would you recommend to the people listening at home? I need to think about that. Um, um, uh, for some good, wholesome content, some nice, feel-good, wholesome content, go watch Spirited Away. It's a very nice, comfort, feel-good movie, and a lot of people enjoyed it, and so might you. <laughs> that is my um, movie. Um, it's much more of a feel-good movie than mm-hmm. Uncut Gems, I should say. I think that's pretty easier. To, this is pretty easy to do compared yeah. to Uncut Gems. Um, so you're very big on animation, right? I am. All right. So that will give us something to discuss the next time. And I have still yet to see a Studio Ghibli movie. So would you well, say you recommend? I do say I recommend. Yeah, I've been meaning to check them out for a while. Um, and they seem to be kind of up to par with Pixar, at least what Pixar is offering now. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, sorry if that was a little bit of a weird ending. Um, uh, I think that about sums it up, unless there was something that you wanted to add. Um, should we say, should we reveal what our next episode will be? Have we decided on that yet? Oh, yes, we have. Hold on. Um, okay. Hold on. Oh, yes. So for our next Okay, I didn't even know that this is what we were talking about, and I brought up the fact that we could, should consider animation for our next episode. And I totally forgot that we were going to do this, but the next episode, we are talking about the DreamWorks animation hit, Megamind, starring Will Ferrell as the titular character. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this one. I haven't seen it yet, but from what I've heard... I watched it when I was young. And I've still yet to revisit it. I, oh, this is oh, this is gonna be interesting. Oh, I'm excited. Yes. So, if you want us to talk about another um, deep psychological film, you're gonna have to wait, unless Megamind delivers on that, which I have pretty high expe- expectations that it will. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you cannot go wrong. So I think that we are going to wrap it up now. Um, We thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to what will probably be a very long, very long episode. But, you know, we had a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. We had a lot of fun, Christina. I did. I have, like, it's so much fun, like, talking about movies to someone who also enjoys movies as much as I do. It is 
so much fun. I've been wanting to do it for such a long time. And I'm excited for what this podcast, what will happen in the future. And yeah, I hope you all enjoy and look forward to the next episode if you so wish. Um, so we, as I've probably, I sound like a broken record, but we are going to close out the episode here. Make sure that you're wearing your mask. And if you know us personally and you are interested in the pod, make sure that you, you know, hit us up with suggestions because um, we'd be down to talking about pretty much anything, I think. Yeah, Would totally. You agree? I would All right. Agree. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we thank you guys so much for listening and have a great rest of your week. Bye.